Hi there, a quick note before we begin the episode. Did you know that Atlas Lingue has its own audiobook with exclusive and brand new material? It's called Atlas Lingue, the layers of language behind everyday life. In this audiobook, we share additional exclusive commentaries on each episode with brand new insights and examples on the subject that we can't stop thinking about, how humans translate everything that comes their way. Also remember, when you buy Ochenta's audiobooks, you're directly supporting our independent audio series productions. So find Atlas Lingue, the layers of language behind everyday life, on Libro.fm, Apple Books, Google Play, Storytel, BookBeat, and on your favorite audiobooks app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey everyone, I'm Luis Lopez, host of Atlas Lingue, and this is Season 3, The Language of Culture Online. This week, we're talking to Yoandi. She's a Mexican content creator who lives in Germany and who documents her life and journey raising a family there. We had a great conversation about her initial experiences in Germany, some of her favorite German words, the fascinating ways in which her children pick up on cultural nuances, and the effort to keep and pass on her Mexican culture to the next generation. So here's our conversation with Yoandi. Enjoy. I just wanted to ask you to introduce yourself however you would like. Uh, tell us a little bit more about you. On my social media, I like to share what happens to me here in the country, but also what happens to me, for example, in my family, because I have one daughter that is already two and a half years old, and I have a baby right now, but it's been quite a journey and very interesting to see my daughter grow with this mixture, you know, of, of two cultures, two completely, completely different cultures. And also because of the languages, like to see how how is she developing with these two languages. And me and my husband, we speak English. We speak in English. So yeah, it's also quite fun to see if she already understands English or the whole the whole process, it's quite an interesting thing. So in this process, also a lot of things, very funny things have happened. So I also share that on my social media. We could say that you live in a trilingual household. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what brought you to Germany. What, what was the motivation to, you know, to, to arrive there, to live there? And then what were your initial impressions once you, you were first there? At first, I never saw myself learning German, actually. But I was in my university, and for my bachelor degree, they asked me to learn another language apart from English, because English I already 
yeah, I could already speak English. So they told me you have to learn a lo another language. And I started learning German and French because I couldn't decide. So okay. uh, at some point, I thought it was too much to learn two languages at that point because I was also working. I was also with the other subjects in the in my degree and everything. So I was like, I will give one up. And as for me, French was very easy. My grandfather was French. So somehow it was very easy to me. And that's why I went for German because I saw it more like a, like a challenge, you know? So I kept on learning German. And I also thought where I come from, Puebla, that is in Mexico, there are great enterprises like Volkswagen and Audi. Right. So I thought, okay, my career can go there. And I, I see myself working in those companies. So the reason why I came to Germany was actually to learn the language and then come back to working one of those huge companies in Puebla, German companies there. I'm just remembering that Puebla is, of course, like this big hub of Volkswagen and and the VW Beetle, or of course the Bochito, as we all know it, exactly. uh, it, is like really iconic, obviously an iconic Mexican car, but like also very specifically to Puebla as well, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, for me it was like, I completely saw myself working in these companies and I said, okay, there are German companies, I need to learn German. I came as an au pair, actually. It's like a babysitter, but at the beginning with my first family, it was, wasn't so successful because they wanted me to speak in English to the kids. Oh. So, <laughs> so yeah. much for the challenge that you wanted. Exactly. Yeah, because they were moving to, to New York, so they wanted me to speak in English. Yeah, and my au pair year yeah, didn't work out for learning German. Then I met my husband and I ended up staying here in Germany. So nothing as I planned. So tell me then a little bit more about what were your, your initial impressions once you started living in Germany, uh, as opposed to when you, when you started learning German in Mexico, how was it when you first arrived here? Like, was, was there like a big culture shock? Definitely. I started learning German, yeah, in my university, but uh, I just learned basic German. I didn't went like to further levels or something like this. I just learned basic German. But I thought, I thought in that moment, okay, I will go to Germany and I can already have a conversation, you know? Like, I think my, my, my German is already good. So <laughs> once I arrived here, it was like, Andy, you know nothing, really nothing about German. <laughs> no, it was a completely slap on my face, the German language. And uh, since the beginning, even the, the easiest stuff, like going grocery shopping or something like this, was for me so hard <laughs> because first the accent and in the region where I live, they have like another, yeah, completely different accent another words. They don't use high, like high German, Hochdeutsch. No, they, they don't use that. So it's quite hard to understand. Like very specifically regional words and stuff, right? Exactly. Which makes it much harder for, for a beginner. <laughs> Exactly. And yeah, once you're there already, like really trying in real life to speak the language, then yeah, it, you you freeze sometimes, you know? 
I did my student exchange in Sao Paulo in Brazil. So I, I remember I, I spoke, like I, I learned six months of Portuguese before going there. And I was like, okay, I feel confident enough. And then I remember when once, like literally the moment I arrived in the airport in Sao Paulo, I, I heard a flight attendant speaking to, to a pilot and she was just speaking in this really rapid fire Portuguese. And I was understanding <laughs> nothing. And I was terrified because I was like, what decision did I just make? Right. I, I just flew across the, the world and yeah. I, I know nothing. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> Fortunately, it was just like the, the you know, the Impression. cultural, yeah, the cultural shock at the beginning. And eventually I felt much more comfortable speaking the language. But at the beginning I was like, oh my God, no, I've, I've made a terrible mistake, you know? Yeah. Once, once you see it, yeah, in real life, then you get nervous because it's like, okay, I don't have the time usually as if I have my, my, my paper, you know, to write down uh, the question and the answer in German, then I can take a few minutes to, to think about my answer and then write it down, for example. But once you're already talking to, in this case, a German speaker, then you're like, okay, I don't have a few minutes to answer. And yeah, a lot of Germans maybe get a little bit like impatient if you take a long time to answer or something like this. So yeah, I was very nervous. But as you said, in time, then it gets easier and you get a little bit more like, you can express yourself more. Of course, now you've been there for for enough time to feel much more comfortable there and, and feeling at home, right? So now that you've been there for, for a while, what is one thing that you particularly love about German culture? Maybe even something that like surprised you that you loved it that much once you got to know it a little more. I mean, one thing I like a lot about German culture is the structure, because as I come from Mexico, sometimes we don't have a lot, a lot of structure, you know? So once you come here and you have a structure, then actually your life gets easier, <laughs> a little bit easier to follow, you know, because then you know what's coming up and then you know what you need to do, when do you need to do it and stuff like this. So I think that's one of the things that worked for me like a lot. Like like a tighter schedule, like more defined, like exactly. hours when things begin and end and stuff. Exactly, exactly. And that if you, um, for example, make an appointment with uh, someone or yeah, you go to coffee with your friends, for example, or something like this, they respect the day and the time, which m most Mexicans do, you know, but others don't. Yeah. <laughs> And here, I would say it's like the 95% of, of people that respects like the time because they think time is very valuable. Right. And so um, they respect your time and they expect as well that you respect their time. So which in Mexico, sometimes we're like, ah, she will either way also be a little bit late. And they you both arrive yeah. like 10 minutes later, you know, you arrive at the same time, but... 10 minutes later, and here's not like You this. schedule something at 3 p.m. expecting both people to arrive at like 3.15 or 3.20 exactly. or something. Yeah. Exactly. And now maybe on the flip side, what is something that you maybe continue to struggle with or that still perhaps confuses you about German culture? Oh, the weather. No, The weather? The weather, yeah. Uh, How so? Because, for example, if I open those curtains right now, you will see white completely white because it's snowing right now and it just started snowing one hour ago and now it's completely totally white <laughs> and if not then it's raining at least where i live in the region where i live 
it's either raining or snowing or just very cold or gray. And I'm a person that likes a lot, like the heat, the warmth. So for me, it's something that I struggle a lot with. And going outside, for example, with my with my baby today that I needed to pick my, my daughter from kindergarten, then I need to take her when the sky is literally falling, like it's raining <laughs> so hardly. And oh, I'm no. like, how could I take my such a small daughter? <laughs> She's two months and she has to live with this like cold and wetness and I need to cover her as much as I can. Yeah, it's something that that it's quite hard for me still. If you could be in Mexico right now, is there like a first thing you would absolutely do? Go for quesadilla. <laughs> <laughs> I miss a lot my Mexican food, of course, because again, it's something that you're used to and then you come here and then you don't have maybe your tortillas by hand or you oh, need yeah. to, to buy them. I mean, I always have in my freezer frozen tortillas. It's a must in this house, but I need to go buy them in special place. It's not like in Mexico, then you go to La Tienda de la Esquina and you buy them there. So yeah, one thing that I miss a lot is Mexican food, totally. Any particular dishes that you miss? You mentioned quesadillas, What, like a specific kind of quesadillas or, or anything else that you miss? Yeah, you know these quesadillas that they sell in the puestito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, these very big quesadillas. My favorite is with like champignons and um, chicharrón. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, pork, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that that's my favorite quesadilla. And every time that I go to Mexico, we usually arrive like late in the night. So our first meal is um, early in the morning the next day. And it has always been since we go there, quesadillas. Like I have a, a puestito that I like to go to and we always go there <laughs> the first day that we that we are in Mexico. Do you know uh, what Germans, uh, in, in your experience, the, the ones that you've, you've known and, and met, uh, what they think about Mexican food whenever, like if, if you've ever, you know, shared it with them or if they've ever tried it, do you know what their perception on it is? Actually, a lot of Germans like it. You know, I was working as an au pair and um, I worked in two families and I cooked Mexican for them. And they were every time like, oh, please make enchiladas. Andy, please make it again. And, and they, they just like it a lot. One thing that they didn't like, I mean, I'm from Puebla and I tried to make mole oh, for them. Yeah. So that was quite a thing. It's, it's an acquired taste if you if you didn't grow up with it, right? Exactly, because you know this salty, sweet, uh, spicy yeah. dish is not for not for everyone. Also, not not for a lot of Mexicans actually. It's, yeah, yeah, they didn't like that one so much. But other things that I made from Mexico, like chilaquiles, enchiladas, quesadillas, they liked it a lot. <laughs> so my husband as well, when he went to Mexico, he he loved Mexican food, especially yeah, as well, the quesadillas. He's literally a fan of quesadillas. <laughs> I know that in some of your uh Instagram and TikTok content you talk about Alemanol and, and this <laughs> mixture of, of the two languages. So uh just tell us a little bit more about your experience with that. Is there like a particularly favorite word or phrase that you have heard or that you even thought of yourself that mixes German and Spanish? 
maybe not in a specific word, but for example, it's something that my girl usually does, you know, because sometimes now her her strong language is German, of course, because at the beginning when she was just spending time with me, it was Spanish. So if my parents-in-law were going to ask her something, then she would answer mostly in Spanish. Now it's the other way around. Now her strong language is German. And um, sometimes she answers to me in Alemanol, you know? Right, so yeah. She, she, she wants to do something and um, she's like, Mami, kannst du bitte mir la tortilla geben? Or something ah. like this, you know? Like she, yeah. she just makes it a little bit like German with Spanish. And I always try to say, baby, I, I, I speak Spanish. Can you please speak Spanish to me? And then she's really trying like, She, she always gets it, actually, in Spanish, but I need to tell her, you know, because for her, it's more comfortable to speak in German. So I think in this household, there's a lot of Alemanol going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also with my husband, he's trying to, uh, to learn Spanish and he's, he's done it really great. He's always asking me, like, please speak Spanish to me so that I can learn. I remember I, I used to have a, a teacher in my master's degree. She's American and she's married to a German and they, they have a daughter. And then she said that often her daughter would say, Mama, can I nim das? And it, she thought it was like the most adorable like mix of languages. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And are there any other like fun or interesting examples of particularly of your child uh, mixing the two languages? I would say that. 90% of times that she that she talks she does this kind of mixing <laughs> the other day and i also made made a story on my social media about this It, here in our household we don't kill insects or we try not to kill insects the exception is like the the mosquitoes because i don't know what happens but here in germany they are literally like radioactive mosquitoes Like you get a bite, at least for me, I, I was in Mexico and a mosquito bite will just do a, like a tiny little, you know, like bomb in my, in my skin. But here, if I get stung by a mosquito, then I get like a, like a little tennis ball in my oh, skin. No. So it's horrible. It's really horrible. And there was one night that a mosquito was just there in our bathroom. Annoying everyone. Like, yeah, everyone. Like my husband, my daughter and I, Uh, woke up like with huge little baseball Things, balls yeah. <laughs> exactly oh, no. in our skin and so in the morning we three were like pretty much looking for that mosquito so that it doesn't happen again like the next night and the one that finds it is my daughter and she shouts to me mommy mosquito and then I come to her and then she's like give me a la chancla you know give me a la chancla <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So it was so funny. It was very funny. I think, yeah, because I usually kill the mosquitoes with my chancla. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, she got that as well. So give me a la chancla. I think that was my favorite. <laughs> Obviously, la chancla. I mean, it, it's not just the word itself. It's like the whole cultural aspect of la chancla <laughs> of being la chancla. this, this exactly. weapon of choice. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That I think that's why it's like my my highlight story. I love that when you share these uh, stories of mixing words and of and just of starting to develop language, you obviously don't only start to speak the language itself, but you also have like 
an element of culture out of learning the culture, right? Uh, as you're learning the language, right? I remember I, I watched a, a video of yours where you talked about your daughter and she said something like, here is 30, right? Or something like that uh, <laughs> when when dri- when you were driving her. Can you tell us that story? Because I thought it was a lot of fun and how like you learn these very cultural things, not only with the language, right? Yeah, it, that's very funny because... Um, so we live pretty close to my parents-in-law and my mother-in-law she's always telling for example here in the street there are some crazy people that go very fast and here is a residential place like there's a lot of houses with kids and stuff like this so yeah you really can't go uh so fast so of course my mother-in-law gets uh pissed if she sees someone going like very fast in this street. So, so there are some times that she tells them, here is 30, like he, here is 30, you know, like the maximum speed here is 30. And so, of course, my, my daughter looks at that and she learns that. And so there are some times that I'm going with her to the, to the, yeah, to the car. And if she sees a car that's passing fast, she starts shouting, here is 30. <laughs> Of course, like her grandma. <laughs> yeah. But like only, only so the cars that are speeding are going faster, right? Not to the other ones. Yeah, not to the other ones. No, she she sees the ones that are going fast and then she shouts, Here is 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite fun to see. So speaking a little bit more about, uh, you know, language, uh, I've also watched some of your videos where you mention like German words that are either very difficult to pronounce and or very funny to you. And so I wanted yeah. to see if if you could share some of them. And also if you could tell me like, you know, have there been any like funny moments when you end up using them with other people? Like maybe in a situation where you're talking to a German speaking person and you, you they use a word that you find funny, but like in an awkward context or something like that. I, I wonder if you have any interesting anecdotes about that. There's a word that I, I, I think it's not a hard at all to pronounce, but it's very funny, at least to me. I, I would say it's one of my favorite words here in German, and it's quatsch. And quatsch can mean that you are just talking to someone and then you are like, I'm quatching, I'm talking, speaking. But it can like also chatting. mean... Exactly, exactly. But if you say quatsch machen, is that someone is making like travesuras like so tonterias travesuras Uh so for example you use that a lot in kids of course because it's like ah mas du quatsch is like they are i don't know running around with the yogurt spoon and then they are spooning with yogurt all the house i don't know maybe making a mess or something exactly making also a little bit of a mess and so uh (laughs) it's very funny this word to me quatsch when my daughter, she sometimes tries to use that on us, like on on, on my on my husband and me, and she's like, "Ah, oh, mama, maxu quatch." <laughs> <laughs> and so for me, it's just such a funny word. Also, quatch cop is like like the person that is making quatch. Oh, cop. okay. Yeah, cop is a uh, head, head, and right. quatch cop is yeah the person that is making the quatch. You know, so. These words are yeah, pretty... Head of quatsch. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, there are some other words like schlimbessern, something like oh. this, schlimbessern, 
Aha. Schlimm is to, to make something like bad Aha. and besser is to make something better. So oh. I was like, I couldn't connect. I was like, how are you telling me that you're making something worse and better? And they explained me, okay, so this word, it means when you, <laughs> when, when you say something maybe that you really didn't meant to. And so you're like, oh man, I, I, I just did something very bad. And so you try to make it better. And then you're like, no, but I didn't mean that because uh, blah, 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 blah. And in this, that you're ah, trying to I make see. it better, then you're making it worse at the oh, same time. Okay. And you are like, just, just, just shut up. You know, you already say, <laughs> <laughs> and the more yeah. you talk, the worse you make it, you know? So you're trying to make something better. You're trying, you're actually making it worse. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I just love like the efficiency of some of these words as well. Yeah. The thing is also, I think Germans and the German culture is in general very efficient, you know? So also their vocabulary. And it's quite interesting because they have a lot of words that are very specific words that we maybe would use in Spanish, a lot of words to describe that, but they have one certain word that says it all. So I also like that a lot, actually, about German language and German, and German culture. They make everything very practical. There's another word that is called Vorfreude. And this word describes, like, your excitement about something that's, go that's going to come. For example, if it's, like, some days before Christmas and there's a kid that is uh, very excited and, that, and expecting, like the, key, like, the gifts and everything, then that's Vorfreude the kid is like getting excited for something that will come. Kind of like anticipation, but more like explicitly positive, right? Exactly, exactly. So yeah, the, there are yeah, many words that describe like very specific situations. And I like that a, a lot about German language. So uh, one last question before we move into like a final short speed round of questions. Of course, you've talked about Uh, having children in Germany, having a family there. Uh, so I wanted to ask you a little bit, what has it been like for you, you know, raising children who are and or will be native German speakers uh, and, and living and growing up there? You know, what are some challenges? And uh, you've mentioned some already, but like some challenges and funny or interesting aspects of raising them in a household with so many different languages and so many different cultures uh, coming together. It's for sure quite challenging in general because you are the only one that is speaking in another language to them, you know? So I would say challenging is, for example, that we go out and then at some point I need to speak German, of course, because I'm living here, you know? So my child listens that, I, that I'm speaking German. So sometimes she thinks, okay, I can talk to my mom also in German because she speaks German. And that's why sometimes, I guess, she's trying to speak to me in German, especially, especially after, after going out, for example, or after we are with, uh, with German speakers, then we go back and then she, 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 like, in those moments, it's a little bit harder for her to turn the switch and to say, okay, now I speak just Spanish with my mom. Because when we are alone at home, she does it great. She does it amazing when I'm just the only one talking to her in Spanish, but if we go out and then the environment is full German, you know? Yeah, yeah. So in those moments, I think it's for her harder to, at least at this age, you know, because she's 
still so young, to separate and to say, okay, there I was speaking in German and also my mom was speaking in German, but now we can speak Spanish. So like this switch maybe might be at this point, maybe that she's two and a half, still a little bit um, takes time, takes a little, a couple process, of minutes. I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Takes just a little bit more minutes or that I remind her, no, baby, with me speak in, in Spanish, you know, because this might confuse her. Now, moving on to just a final, very, very quick round of, of short and just honestly kind of silly but funny questions. Uh, what is <laughs> what me. is your favorite both German and Mexican snack? Um, ah, that's a hard one. I mean, ah, I love food, and then for me, it's pretty hard to to just pick to one, one from there, from, one from here. But okay, okay, I'll start with, with the German one. Okay. And it's like, it's called mini carbonosi, I think, something like this. And it's like very small salami sticks, pepperoni sticks, but they're very small. But it's, but it's for me amazing to just uh, snack them on the way. And at least I never saw that in, in Mexico. I mean, I remember very good, like a pepperoni stick that was very, very famous. Right. Uh, yeah. But it tastes completely different as these ones that I'm talking about. So, yeah, for me, th this snack is from Germany and from Mexico. Oof, from Mexico, I don't know, but something that has to, to, to do with like totopos, like tortilla chips oh, or yeah. <laughs> better if they are like with something spicy. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Salsa, guacamole. Or exactly. Exactly. Oof, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you could be an animal, what animal would you be? I'm going to choose a bird, some kind of bird, because then I can freely go to wherever I could go. Like if I was a bird and my, my family was a bird and we were birds living in Germany, it would be so much easier to go to Mexico, you know, because we can just fly there. <laughs> so yeah, maybe bird. Uh, next one. If, if a song or a piece of music played every time you entered a room, you made an entrance, what would it be? Oh, um, I don't know, but for sure, and a lot of people will disagree and will be like, ah, oh, Andrea, that's not good music, but something with reggaeton. Oh, I mean, I love it. I like a lot reggaeton. And for me, it's like, not what they say, you know, because I agree that most of, uh, of the reggaeton songs have not nice lyrics, you know, but the rhythm the rhythm, it's, it's, it's for me, like, amazing. Like, for me, I, I'm having a bad day and I put reggaeton and the rhythm itself just, like, motivates me again. So I don't know which one exactly, maybe, but a reggaeton song. Definitely. For sure. Okay, so just one, one last one. What was your last Google search that you are comfortable sharing? <laughs> Hi, what was my, my last Google search? Let me look it up very quickly. <laughs> it was the phone of the Mexican consulate in Frankfurt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, because my my passport is about to, well, not about to, it's still a, a lot of months, but it's expiring at some point in this year. So I already wanted to call and ask, like, when right. do I need to do the appointment? Because it's still a long time since that happened, but I, yeah. I wanted to do that, you know, structure. As I was, I was saying yeah. at the beginning, it's still a long, like almost not a year, but almost a year that is gonna expire. And I already, I'm, I'm already calling to ask when do I need to do the appointment then. 
Definite traveler's response to that one and the animal one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A huge thank you to Yoandi for sharing her experiences with us. We had a lot of fun, especially with her anecdotes about the small ways that her child is becoming unmistakably German, while still embracing her Mexican side. I mean, anyone who casually drops the words chancla and tortilla in any conversation, in any language, is Mexican to me. <laughs> you can subscribe to Yoandi's YouTube channel at Yoandi Official, or follow her on Instagram at Yoandi underscore official. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Ochenta Podcasts and on TikTok at Studio Ochenta. You can also watch this season's interviews and more of our shows on our YouTube channel at Ochenta Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hi, it's Luis here, and I want to tell you about a show we've been listening to called The Pulso Podcast. There are a lot of podcasts that cover Latino culture and news, but this is one of the first we've heard that really utilizes the throughline of history to provide more context and nuance to our stories. From the halls of Congress to the stages of Broadway, even the food we consider to be American, Latinos helped build this country, and we're not going anywhere. Yet most podcasts are still lacking Latino representation behind and in front of the mic. The Pulso Podcast is a Latina-hosted, Latina-produced show that explores untold stories and unheard voices shaping the experiences of nuestra gente. They've covered topics from beauty standards and gender equality to mental health and food origins. And did you know that there is an official Spanish version of the Star-Spangled Banner? Or that a team of Mexican lawyers changed the future of segregation laws in the 50s? To hear more, check out the Pulso podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.